Part two of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters four to six. Chapter four. How Ewan came to an hermitage in a wood. So Ewan marched alone in the high wood, and for a time he saw no more the sun nor the light of the sun for the wood was of pines and they were marvellous thick above his head but the stems were far enough apart and the track went this way and that among them and whiles it turned aside and whiles it forked and whiles it was no track at all but ewan went always right forward and would not stay nor leave following his own thought and as he went it came again into his mind that he was a new man for though he was still amazed with questions yet he carried neither forethought nor repentance and he marched to a song that was in his ears and in his marching there came to him the remembrance of the child that had led him forth and though he knew surely that he was now alone yet by the imagination of his heart he could well see the child dancing before him upon the path of the forest and at last when he had gone a long way and could by no means tell how long on a sudden he looked far before him and saw the ground all fresh with grass and no more pine needles upon it but sunlight and shadow and he went quickly forward and came out from the dark wood and stood in an open grove that was hoar with silver birches and beyond the grove was a stream that ran burbling and beyond the stream was a bank with great beeches upon it so for delight of that place he turned and left following the path and went along between the beech roots and the stream as he went the bank upon the right hand was ever higher and steeper until there were no more beeches upon it but by the stream was a bare lawn between this wood and that and a little cliff thereby as sharp as a cliff of the sea now the cliff was of red sand and the face of it was carven curiously for in it were two steps and a doorway as it were the doorway of a church and two windows of like fashion with a little mullion to each so that ewan knew it for an hermitage and he sat down to look upon it stepping back within the shadow of the beech trees and when he looked it did him great good to see and to think upon it for the house was small and secret and though the carven work of it was but plain yet it well showed the pleasure of him that had worked at it then the hermit came out from within and when he saw him ewan kept close to watch what he would do for he knew not the manner of hermits nor how they live all their life days seeing that they have time before them like new-fallen snow without fence or footmark now the hermit had bread in his hand and ewan hungered at the sight of it for he had had none since the morning was early and now it was late and this he knew by the hermit's shadow for it lay small and squat about his feet nevertheless he would not move but kept still where he sat for his desire to see was greater than his desire to eat and he thought moreover that he might yet come to the eating after the seeing so he looked and saw as he desired for the hermit broke the bread and rubbed it in his hand and threw the crumbs abroad upon the lawn and instantly there came upon the place a dozen of small fowls such as dunnocks and finches 
and they hovered and hopped after the bread as long as he would throw it and some part of it he would not throw but he walked away from the birds and came to the stream and held out his hand above a little pool where the water ran curdling and ewan knew that he was giving the remnant to the fish and that they were by likelihood trout that came for it for where a crumb fell upon the pool there he saw the water broken and at some times there was no splashing but only a ridge that ran swiftly upon the face of the pool then when all was finished the hermit stood looking upon the water as one that loved the sound of it and had no need to be elsewhere but the sun was strong upon his head and ewan saw how he drew his hood around his neck where it was bare at the nape and so went back to the house in the rock and as he entered in at the doorway the shadow was cool and dark upon him and then he was gone as a fox goes into his earth but ewan mused yet a little while longer and all that he had seen seemed strange and very good to him like the tales of the elves and pixies of whom there is nothing told that will not please young children because they also have their dealing with the little things of the earth and are of no account with grown men and he wondered if this might be the end of his desire to live secretly and far off from men having his converse only with the creatures of the greenwood chapter five of the hermit and of his dealing with ewan so within a while he got upon his feet and came to the door in the rock and called to the hermit and the hermit came from within and stood shading his eyes with his hand and asked him the reason of his calling and ewan answered him courteously making as though to take his hat from off his head in sign of reverence and the hermit lifted his eyes in the same moment and saw that the hat was the hat of a pilgrim and yet of no accustomed pilgrim for there were upon it neither shells nor images also he saw that ewan's cloak was not threadworn nor his shoes broken and his face he could not well see for the brightness of the sunlight but by his voice he might perceive him to be young and gentle and none of the wandering rogues of whom all hermits dwell in dread then he brought him into his cave that was as like a house as a cave may be and he made him sit by a table and gave him to eat and to drink and when ewan had well eaten and drunk the hermit asked him concerning the way by which he had come and the way by which he would go forth again but he would not ask of his name nor in what house he was born nor even of his pilgrimage for he also was courteous and his mind was to pleasure his guest and not himself only nevertheless he was not willing to lose the companionship that had fallen to him until he should have heard somewhat of the dealing of men for it was long since he had had knowledge thereof by one of like breeding with himself so he spoke to ewan of to-morrow and of certain things that he would show him and ewan heard him gladly enough for his feet were now heavy with weariness and good eating and the hermit knew this by the sound of his speech and he laid him upon his own bed and bade him take his ease now when ewan awoke he looked first upon the wall of the chamber and saw that there was a glint of sunlight upon it high up whereby he knew that the day was falling also he was aware that there was one watching him and when he had turned his head 
he saw how it was the hermit who stood in the doorway of the chamber and the man's face seemed to him wise and quiet as of one that had many thoughts and mastery therewith so they too went to supper and this was the first time that they had eaten together and at one time they remembered this and at another they forgot it for they spoke not of their doing but chiefly of their deeming and often they would be eager the one to put question to the other and often they would know before question put how the answer would be then at the last ewan was minded to ask counsel of the hermit and in one tale he told him all to wit how that in a day his life had changed and how that he had left his own house and the house of his father's and gone out to seek his desire and again how that he had as yet no certainty of what his desire might be only he told nothing of the boy that had come and led him away but he put his own desire in place of the boy for he was willing rather to be counted a fool than a teller of marvels and he thought that his adventure might be judged as well by the part as by the whole for that which he would hold back was in no wise the marrow of it but the hermit said desire is a child yet will he take a man by the hand and lead him away then ewan was astonished for he said within himself how can this hermit have knowledge of the child seeing that i told him nothing then the hermit said further this is the part of a man to know whether his desire be a wise child or a wayward for the wayward will swiftly take him a wandering and swiftly in his wandering will leave him but the wise will never leave him utterly then ewan asked him by what reason may that be and the hermit said by nature for every man is that which hath been and that which shall be then ewan was yet more astonished and his mind swung backwards and he thought certainly i must have told him for those words are every one of them the words of the boy and instantly his mind swung again and he thought but i told him not and he looked at the hermit's face and saw it hardly for the twilight was covering it from him by little and little but he saw the two eyes of him and they were not fainter but clearer and ewan's heart lay open to them like water to the stars and he said within himself the words that i told not he perceived them with his eyes then the hermit rose up softly and went out and when he came again he brought heather and fern and he made ewan a bed beyond his own and they slept before it was dark chapter six yet more of the hermit and of a word that was in ewan's ears in the morning when they had arisen they went out of the house and came to the stream for the hermit said that they should bathe in it and he showed ewan a pool that was deep enough then they did off their clothes hastily and threw themselves into the water after the manner of otters and at a stroke they came to the top of the pool and there was a little waterfall there and the stream of it carried them down and they touched the stones and crept out upon them then they took the water again more strongly and came right to the waterfall and stood beneath it and it splashed upon their heads and divided the hair like a cold knife and at that they laughed together and so threw themselves back and were carried down again and they came quickly to their clothes blowing with their breath and shivering but when they had run to the house 
they were warm and fresh then the hermit set two bowls of milk with bread upon the table and ewan was glad of the sight of that food and he sat where the murmuring of the stream came in at the window and a soft air with it and the world was made new for him but he ate and drank with few words for he was thinking within himself how that to-morrow had come and he knew not yet whether to go or stay and often in his thinking he looked at the hermit and the hermit looked kindly back at him and nodded and it was as though he nodded to ewan's thought but he spoke nothing with his lips yet at one time there was a voice and ewan heard it plainly and the voice said for delight men stay but for desire they go forth and he looked hard at the hermit and the hermit nodded again to him as though he also had heard that voice and knew it to say truth but he spoke nothing with his lips then ewan said aloud surely i heard a voice and it was not your voice nor mine yet it seemed to me that i heard it not in my imagination but in my ears and the hermit said i also heard it and before this i have heard many such and no great wonder for in all solitude there will be voices as in all still water there will be visions and as ewan heard those words he believed them and he thought on still water but found none in his remembrance only he saw before him the picture of the stream wherein he had but now been bathing and the course of it was all racing and burbling and where it lay more still even there froth turned and drew together upon the face of it and he asked the hermit boldly where then is the still water of your visions and the hermit answered it is near at hand but the looking is longer than the way thither end of part two